Good morning. Welcome to our daily word and prayer. This is Tom Short. I'm glad to have you along. It's March 30th, Tuesday morning, and this is Holy Week, and we've been looking. <clears throat> this is Holy Week. We've been looking at the life of Jesus and what has gone on in this most amazing of weeks. We've been looking at the life of Jesus and what's been going on in this most amazing of weeks. Thanks for being with me along today. We got a great day planned. Yesterday we saw you. We know what really went on during this time of Holy Week. What went on when Jesus was here? The week that changed the world. You know, we saw yesterday that about 30% of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, has to do with this final week of the life of Christ. And in the Gospel of John, almost 50% has to do with the life of Christ in this final week. Pretty significant. So we want to be looking at some of these events. Yesterday we noticed. All the conflict, my goodness, Jesus was, uh, he, he cast the money changers out of the temple. He rebuked the Pharisees. He humiliated the Pharisees with his answers, with his ability to turn things back on them. This was public confrontation. And it led, of course, to them being angry, upset. They plotted against him. They got him killed. But as we'll see by the end of the week, Jesus won in the end, and we will as well. We want to get back to today. One of the big things Jesus really talked about, <clears throat> emphasized significantly during his, during his last week, was the subject of prayer. He was about to leave his disciples with a huge task, a huge task, and he knew that they could not do it on their own. He talked in, in the book of John, he talked a lot about them receiving the Holy Spirit, but he also talked throughout all the Gospels about the importance of prayer. This is what we want to look at this morning. Are you ready? We'll start with Matthew chapter 21, and we'll start in verse 18. Jesus had come into the city. He viewed the temple. He looked around the temple. He'd ridden in triumphantly on Sunday, looked around the temple. He left, went back to Bethany, which was about a, I don't know, about a, less than a two-mile walk away from the temple, and um, uh, out on the east side of the Mount of Olives. So he went out the east gate, went down, down through the Kidron Valley, up the Mount of Olives and over the top, and that's where Bethany would have been on the other side of the east, on the east side of the Mount of Olives. Verse 18, he spent the night there, and he's coming back in from Bethany. Now in the morning, when he was returning to the city, he became hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it except leaves only. And he said to it, no longer shall there ever be any fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withered. That was really interesting. What's going on here? Why would this be included in the Bible? What, what's going on here? Well, the fig tree refers to, relates to this nation of Israel. The fig tree is symbolic of the nation of Israel. And Jesus, I think it's far more than just being hungry here. The real implication is that Israel was supposed to have been bearing fruit, and it didn't. Remember on Sunday when we were looking, as we'd been looking through the seven I am statements of Jesus, and the seventh statement, Jesus uh, being saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And we looked throughout the, the parables in the, uh, as, you know, Isaiah chapter 5, but then some of the parables here in this 
this section of Matthew, in which Jesus talked about how the, the, the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, people of God, are supposed to bear fruit for God. We bear fruit as we are connected to the vine. Israel was not connecting to Jesus. And so it's like a branch that's been cut off from the vine. It can't bear fruit. And likewise, neither you nor I can bear fruit if we are cut off from Jesus. But if we simply abide in him, we're like a branch drawing nourishment, drawing sap, drawing life from the trunk, from the vine, bearing fruit's natural. It just happens. It's not like something we got to eke it out. It just happens. And likewise, so we'll bear fruit for God. Israel was not bearing fruit. This tree had not borne fruit. Jesus basically says, there's going to be no fruit coming from you. You've not produced what you were meant to produce. You've not done for the kingdom of God what you meant. This is the uh, this is the story of the fig tree. So about a lot more than just Jesus not eating. That Israel was meant to produce fruit for God. And dear brothers and sisters, you and I are meant to produce fruit, fruit for God. You and I are meant to produce love, goodness, kindness, grace, peace. You and I are meant to be known for our good works. You and I are meant to be known for the advancing of the truth of God and the kingdom of God. In a dark world, you and I are to be bearing fruit for God. And that Israel didn't. And so Jesus said, well, you're done. No longer will you bear fruit. He was going to take away the kingdom and give it in this to the, all the nations, all the peoples. This is what we will see in the Great Commission. He was going to give it to all the peoples, all the nations. It was no longer to be uh, in, in, in focused on, centered in Israel. It was never to have been exclusive to Israel. God's blessing was always to go to the world. So anyway, he cursed the fig tree. Well, the disciples were pretty amazed. They'd never seen anything like this before. Verse 20. Seeing this, the disciples were amazed and asked, how did the fig tree wither all at once? Jesus answered and said to them, truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. These disciples were soon going to have given to them tasks that were, would require mountain-moving faith. And mountain-moving faith requires mountain-moving prayer. Can we agree with that? Mountain-moving faith, performing acts for God, mountain-moving acts of faith require mountain-moving prayer. Jesus gave a lot of discussion, a lot of teaching on the subject of prayer in the in the end of in the in this last week. In the Gospel of John, basically chapters 13 on, 13 through 17 were the Thursday night when he was together with the disciples in the uh, upper room and and then out into the garden of Gethsemane. This was his recording of things he taught prayed, and so on. Let's look at some of the things he told them on that last night he was with the disciples 
the night he was betrayed. Are you ready? John 14, and beginning with verse, excuse me, John 14, and beginning with verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. He's talking about the works that would need to be done to advance the gospel, to push back the darkness, to win in, to win the spiritual battles. If you ask me anything, you're going to do greater works because I go to the Father, but you've got to ask. If you ask me anything, I will do it. John 15 and verse 7, which we referred to on Sunday when we talked about Jesus and the vine. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus loves you. God the Father loves you. He's attentive to your prayers. He wants you to bear much fruit for him. So you must ask. Ask. John chapter 15 and verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Once again, we're asking in the name of Jesus. We're asking according to the will. We're asking because his words are abiding in us. So we, we're knowing what's on his heart. We're knowing what he wants, but we're wanting to bear much fruit. And so we ask for fruit in his name. John 16, verse 23. In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he'll give it to you. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be made full. Think of that, my friends. God's, God wants to answer our prayers. One of the re Earlier, he said to bring him glory, to advance his kingdom, to bear the fruit we were meant to bear for him. But how about this? God wants you to have full joy. And so God will answer your prayers so that you might have fullness of joy. What a God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Why don't we ask more? Why don't we ask more? Why don't we pray mountain-moving prayers? Now, Jesus did say back in, in Matthew 21, he says, if you ask and do not doubt. And so let's be honest. Our faith grows over time. We ask in accordance with our faith. We see answers. We, we learn to know. We get to know God better. We understand the power of God, the nature of God, the heart of God. And, and our, our faith should be growing. Our prayers should be growing. Sadly, often we go the other way. We, we, we grow in our doubts. Why? I don't know. I think it's something of human nature that we're more likely, most people are more likely to be disappointed about unanswered prayer than grateful for answered prayer. God, God is answering prayers for us all the time. God is the, so many little things. We pray here every day that we'd be filled with the joy of the Lord and filled with the Spirit and walk in victory and 
And who knows how, how often God has protected us from evil, watched over us. We tend to, we tend to take the answers to prayer for granted. We tend to not even really circle back like, you know, the 10 lepers. Remember when the one was healed? Or all 10 were healed and only one came back to thank Jesus? It's kind of human nature, isn't it? When we see good things happen, we tend to just move on and, and, and lack the gratitude we should have. When things don't go well, that's when we tend to blame God. And, and, and then when that happens, our faith shrinks, our doubts grow. Can I encourage you, one of the most important lessons of life is to be a grateful person, to be actively thinking of how God is answering your prayers and to be filled with praise. I've discovered people who praise God a lot see more answers to prayer. People who praise God a lot see their circumstances turn out better. People who praise God a lot tend to live a more victorious life. People who fail to aggressively, intentionally praise God and let their lives and hearts, minds be filled with gratitude, tend their doubts seem to grow, and doubts can tend to overcome them. So we want to be intentionally, aggressively grateful because that's how our faith grows. If we say to this mountain, and I, I dare say, I will say, if we say to it, don't just think it, don't just pray quietly in our heart, but if we pray it out loud, verbalize, mountain, move, and we don't doubt in our heart. Isn't that interesting that the same thing Jesus said, remember in salvation, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Here is Jesus saying the same. If we say to this mountain and do not doubt in our heart, do not doubt, it shall happen. It shall happen. Let's be prayer warriors. This morning as we go to prayer, I want you to be thinking, are there specific things that you want to see God answer, specific fruit you want to bear in your life or through your life, specific fruit that God you want to see in your family or your church or your community or your nation. Again, we will pray within the sphere of, of, of we, we, we act in the sphere of within things we can do. And the things that are out of our hands, we commit to God. Amen. So all that said, let's spend a few moments here in prayer to the Almighty God. You ready? Lord God, we bless you today with all of our hearts. What amazing promises you've given to us. We, we start off, Lord, confessing. Why is it that we tend not to pray these promises from God right there in black and white? They were spoken by the Son of God himself, Jesus Christ. What promises, if you say to this mountain, move from here to there, and you do not doubt in your heart, it shall be done. It shall move. If you ask me anything in my name, it'll be done so that your joy may be filled, your joy may be full. By this is my Father glorified. Lord, Father, God, we bless you. Thank you that you have given to us mere mortals, us mere weak people, You've given us incredible power, incredible power. We can move the heart of God. We can touch the, we can move the person who's, who holds the whole world in his hands. Wow. Father, we do pray for growing faith. We do pray our faith would increase. 
we confess to you, Lord, our lack of asking, our lack of faith, our, 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 our impotence. We follow an omnipotent God, and yet, Lord, so often our lives appear to be so weak. Father, I confess sometimes I just feel helpless. I feel helpless with what's going on in our country. I feel helpless with what, how, how, do, we, how do we make a difference here? And yet, and call upon God. And Father, I want to thank you that you answer prayers big and small. You throughout history, Lord, you 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 provided the, the little bit of money that Jesus and Peter needed to pay the, the tax. It wasn't much, but you provided it miraculously. And other times you routed the enemy. When the, when it looked like Elijah or one of the prophets or Israel was far, far outnumbered. And it looked hopeless. You routed the enemy. You confused the enemy. Father, we want to thank you that you are a prayer-answering God. We pray, Father, that you would make us into, we pray you'd make us into prayer warriors. We pray, Lord, Father, for our land, for our nation. Raise up some mighty prayer warriors. Raise up some mighty prayer warriors, Lord. This is something anyone can do. Raise them up, we ask. Raise up in this next generation mighty prayer warriors. Lord, I pray for in some of the elderly amongst us who are even on this live stream, who we don't have the, the ability to get out like we once did or don't have the strength or the time or whatever. Lord, we can all cry out to you. Teach us how to be prayer warriors. Prayer warriors. Teach us how to ask. Father, today we do ask. We ask for our own lives to bear much fruit for you. We don't want to be like that fig tree. We pray the church in America, Lord, wouldn't it be like that fig tree that has stopped bearing fruit, that's just all about ourselves or all about our own entertainment or all about having fun or just keeping out, keeping our kids out of trouble. Lord, we want to be fruit-bearing vine. We want to, you're the vine. We want to be fruit-bearing branches. We pray, Father, that you would never look upon us and say, you know, no, no more fruit from you because we have been barren. Help us, Father, to draw that strength from Jesus Christ to abide in the vine. And I pray, Lord, for every one of us today and for the church in our country to be bearing fruit, fruit of love, goodness, good deeds, advancing the gospel, sharing the gospel, that we would be advancing your kingdom. We would be fruit-bearing branches, we pray. We pray, Father, for our families. We ask for every one of our children, every one of our children. We pray for unbelieving husbands or, or wives, we pray, Lord, for parents. We pray, Lord, in our initial family sphere, oh God, that everyone would be saved. Everyone would be following Jesus Christ. We would lose none. We pray for this, Father. We pray today for that child who's gone astray, that husband who, who just is hard-hearted, that, that spouse, Lord. We pray for these people. Break through in their lives, we pray. Open their hearts to Christ. Uh, open their eyes to see, their ears to hear. Soften their heart. Soften their heart that they might believe. We pray for our unbelieving relatives, Father. We pray for cousins, brothers, sisters. Lord, we pray that the families we have, we pray that all would be saved. You have placed us in families. Let us be a light that shines brightly. We pray, Father, for neighbors. In this Easter week, Lord, this holy week, we pray for neighbors, maybe who uh, are, are lonely and confused and fearful with all this COVID and pandemic and, and, and fearing death and fearing illness and 
and they've, Lord, maybe we talk about mental illness people are having. It's an illness of the soul. Father, it's an illness of the soul when people are alienated from you and they're alienated from one another and they're isolated and separate. You never made us to live this way. You made us to love one another. This is, this is the greatest commandment. Love you, love others. You never made us to be isolated. Father, how we pray today that maybe even this very week as, as, as people's minds would be on Good Friday, the death of Christ and the resurrection. Might this be a resurrection week for people? Might this be a born again week for people? Might this be a time when people are saved? In the name of Jesus, we ask it and pray for it. We're, we're, we're saying to this mountain of unbelief, we're saying to these mountains of, of secularism, be moved and cast into the sea. And Lord, we are asking for it. We're asking for it. We pray again for our nation, Lord. Oh, Father, we're grieved at how our nation just is, is, is just turning from you and becoming harder and harder. Lord, use this pandemic. Use the current situation. Might your people arise. Might your church arise. Might, the, might your kingdom go forth and strong. Might there be mighty revival in our land, we pray. For the glory of God, we, we pray about the mountains of secularism, the LGBTQ uh, aggressive agenda, the, the, the way of, Lord, we pray for these things to be cast into the sea. We love people, Lord. We pray for gays and lesbians to be one to Christ. We pray for many to be saved and rise up and give a testimony of the grace of God and the deliverance that you've given them. We pray for many seculars, Lord, who were once anti-Christian to rise up and to be saved. Your arm is not so short it cannot save, but save them, O oh God bring them to salvation and that they'd rise up with a great testimony of how the living God is the answer. We pray, Father, for believers in our land to rise up and be courageous and bold. You said when the enemy comes in like a flood, you would raise up a standard against him. Oh, Lord, raise us up. Raise up prophets, evangelists. Raise up men and women to speak your word with boldness and courage. It's needed in these days. Throw these mountains of of secularism and, and rebellion, the sexual revolution, all these things, the addictions that bind, the chains that bind, throw them into the sea, we pray. Might people find life and freedom in Jesus Christ. Oh, we're asking for this. Lord, we pray for this COVID. We pray for people who are suffering today, people who are ill. <clears throat> and and uh, we thank you for those you've healed. We pray, Lord, for those who are ill and sick today. I think of our friend Janice in Italy. And uh, we thank you for how you've been answering prayers. And Paul is so much better. Lord, so many people are, are suffering. I pray they'd turn to you and you would be giving miraculous healing. We thank you for the doctors. We thank you for the, those who've developed uh, the various drugs to help us, Lord. But our hope, our faith is in you because you're greater than any scientist. You're greater than science. You're, you're the, you are the God who created it. And you've got the solution. You said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I heal their land, forgive their sin. Oh, God, bring healing to our land, a healing that looks like a mighty turning to God, a healing of relationships, a healing of brokenness, a healing of division, a healing of the sin. Might we be repentant as we seek you, and might there be great revival in our land. We pray this mountain of unbelief would be thrown into the sea. We pray this mountain of pride would be thrown into the sea and you would, our nation would be a nation under God of fearing you 
and returning to your blessing. So, Lord, in our lives, our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, we pray for these things today. Be blessed. Might we bear the fruit we were meant to bear. Might we, none of us, be like that big tree that was cursed because we, we, we were fruitless and of no use to you and your kingdom. We pray these things. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Thanks for joining me, every one of you. God bless you. If this is your first time, a special welcome. I'm glad you're here with us. Um, make sure you hit the like and notify and, and the, the subscribe and all those things. Go to my website, Tom the Preacher, where you can learn, you can subscribe to my daily email where I write about some of the things we pray about. And also check out our trip to Israel. We're going to be going to Israel next February, Lord willing. And it's a great trip. We've already gone three times. This will be our fourth. It's a great trip, and a lot of these things, the Bible comes alive, the New Testament, the life of Christ. That's what we do. We study the life of Christ there. Might I also mention, you know, I've had requests from people who've asked me to be speaking more about current events. And so Dr. Rich Suplete and I be, are beginning a podcast. You can find it on this page. It, it came out our first one we published last night or late yesterday, and we're calling it Wake Up and Strengthen the Things That Remain. It comes from Revelation chapter 3, verse 2. We talk about current events, what's going on. We try and apply some of the wisdom and biblical discernment we have learned from our my 40 years, and Rich is about almost 10 years now, of engaging in the the cultural wars that have been engaged that have been happening on our college campuses through the years and now have spread out and taken root in our greater nation. And so some of the things that are concerns about our nation, boy, I've been battling these ideas for since the 80s on the campuses. And so if you'd like to, uh, you know, take part in that, or if you'd like to watch that podcast that's down there, it's called Wake Up, Strength, or The Wake Up Call. And um, we'll talk about we'll talk about four or five things each week and uh, give some comment on how this relates to what's going on in the greater culture. All right, God bless you. Have a great day. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning, 8.30 right here. Help spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.